In the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity, amen. amen. How fitting that two apocalyptic readings be assigned on the day that we pray to hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the scriptures. I joke, but our commitment to wrestling with scripture may very well be at its best and most faithful when scripture is at its most difficult to interpret. Over the last 100 years or so, especially in response to modernity and the theory of evolution, various camps of interpretation styles have emerged across the Christian landscape. Some of those interpretation styles claim what literary theorists would classify as plain reading, the idea that one can simply read a text and know its meaning without context. But as I heard growing up in church and have said from this pulpit before, a text without a context is a pretext for a subtext. (laughs) I did not coin that. For the most part, plain reading did not catch on in Anglicanism or the Episcopal Church, the branch of Christianity in which we find ourselves on this Denver city block. Instead, Episcopalians have tended to see the scripture as a complex array of literary groups. Wisdom verses, poetry, mythobiography, epistolary, and so on. Some time ago, I came across the following quote from the Society of St. John the Evangelist, an Episcopal monastic community in suburban Boston. And this quote reflects an Episcopal approach to interpreting the Bible. Quote, the Anglican tradition is to revere the scriptures, but to understand that they must be both interpreted and viewed alongside the other ways of God's revelation. To understand authority as a graceful synergy between scripture, tradition, reason, and experience, end quote. Graceful synergy is a concise way of, of calling Episcopal, is a concise way of Episcopal biblical tradition and interpretation at its best. It is not how we always or even ever interpret ancient texts of our faith, but it is what we are always seeking to do, a goalpost, if one must absolutely utilize a sports analogy in a sermon. This graceful synergy is what Richard, Katie, and I seek to cue this community toward in our preaching and teaching and wrestling and interpreting of scripture. That our relationship with the scriptures is best framed as a long, a lifelong trek done with other people, not an individual task done in an interpretive vacuum. This trek includes piecing together what we glean from the church's vast spectrum of traditions and human reason informed by the texts of our own lives. If anything, 
the practice of biblical interpretation in the Episcopal Church is something done together and with the aid of multiple resources and reservoirs of wisdom, not alone. This practice of interpreting scripture, of incorporating a multiplicity of voices and experiences and resources is especially appropriate when handling excerpts as enigmatic and haunting as that of Daniel and Mark. As alluded to toward the end of the Mark reading, there will be those, whether on television or social media or the radio, who say, I am he. Or, I and no one else have the correct interpretation of the way forward. It is therefore incumbent upon followers of Christ in the Episcopal tradition to have a firm grasp on the layers and textures of life with the Bible. Imagine Jesus' words about the pending destruction of the temple or the narrator of Daniel's words about coming anguish, falling into the hands of those who would enact harm in the name of God. Or those who might use Romans 13 to justify inhumanity at this nation's border. Or Romans 1 or Genesis 19 to impose anti-LGBTQ laws. Or 1 Timothy 2 or 1 Corinthians 14 to justify the subjugation of women in the church and society. Or the gospel accounts of the trial and crucifixion of Jesus to be used to justify anti-Semitic violence like we saw in Pittsburgh just a few weeks ago. Reading, marking, learning, and inwardly digesting the scriptures is deeper than trite oversimplifications of complex biblical texts. If someone says, this is easy, don't trust them. Reading, marking, learning, and inwardly digesting is the process of listening in relationship with one another. Those who have died, and tradition has often been called the vote of those who have died, and those historically marginalized by various interpretations of Scripture. And deciding that we are all best served by contextual, compassionate, and informed interpretations of the church's sacred writings. This means being honest about the biases and baggage and traumas that we often bring to our reading of the Bible. This means never taking passages like we heard from Daniel and Mark at face value, using them to stir up fear of a pending doomsday, but digging deep into the text, appreciating their original context and audiences, and seeking to interpret them in just, humane, and ethical ways. This means being able to say that these Mark and Daniel excerpts are apocalyptic literature and should be interpreted as such, a biblical literary genre more preoccupied with the casting of present realities in cosmic terms than cheap fortune-telling. 
It is the literature of a people occupied but not crushed by history's most powerful empires, speaking in code languages not understood by the powerful. Our task is to hear these voices, this literature, these sacred words, and say, there is more to this. There must be more to this. And leaving our pews, approaching this altar, receiving Christ's body and blood, and knowing in our bones, oh, there is certainly more to this.